Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Ladies, I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. What do you want from me? I'm not a married to sweetheart. Goodness sake, kid. Keep your voice down. Your father's listening to the radio. I'm not a married to sweetheart. This is the Annie Fry Show. It's Mike Helam sitting in for Annie Fry today on this hump day version of a holiday week of the Annie Fry Show, which brings up our YouTube live chat poll. Are you working this week? Basically the same as usual, a little but less than normal, or nope. So log in on the YouTube live chat poll. By the way, you guys on the uh, chat are really cracking me up today, right? So sometimes um, scooters pretty much negative about anything that has anything to do with Republican stuff. Uh, but Scooter's got some interesting comments today that I'm thinking you should cut back on the sugar. I'm just saying. Those are some interesting <laughs> comments that you put up today. But uh, it, the back and forth is really cracking me up. So if you want to interact with the uh, Annie Fry community, that is a great place to go. So just log on, watch the stream. Get to know the folks that are on here because uh, the Annie Fry Show has some of the most interactive listeners uh, of any show that I've ever done. So always good to hang out and interact with them. Want to see what you think. Uh, if you're working this week or you're not working this week, a guy who is probably trying to get ready for what's going to be a busy five months is Cody Smith, state representative, who is also the Missouri House budget chair. Representative, how are you today? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me. By all means. So where do we find you today? Where are you spending this Wednesday? Yes, Michael, I'm in Carthage, and you are exactly right. I am preparing for the legislative session, which begins next week. I can't believe it's here already. Man, so you are our longest-serving House budget chair since term limits came into play. Is that true? That's right. Yeah, I'm in my third term as the House Budget Chairman, and uh, next year, next session, will be my sixth year in that role. And since uh, term limits come in, unfortunately, um, we haven't had a, a lot of continuity in the Budget Chairman's office or necessarily the Speaker's office or the Floor Leader's office. It's just kind of the nature of the process at this point. Uh, generally, by the time you get to serve in one of those jobs or those capacities, you, you're there for a couple of years and then you're term limited. So I was fortunate or unfortunate enough, depending on how you look at it or who you ask, <laughs> to be put in that role early on in my legislative career. And it's really let me helped me establish myself and learn a lot about the process and, um, and you know, provide some continuity in that office and, and some institutional knowledge. So it's been a real honor to do it for this long. 
I had uh, former state representative John Weeman, who was on with us yesterday, just kind of looking at a preview of what's coming up next year. But that was one of the things that yeah. we talked about in state government, uh, especially in, in the House. There is this lack of continuity year over year because the leadership tends to change every couple of years. So it's very unusual. We have a guy like you with the expertise that you have to continue to ride this through. And while you've been budget chair, there's been a lot of changes in the amount of money that Missouri has to use, hasn't there? There has. Yes, we've been through through good years and bad years, I would say. Uh, we've been through a pandemic. We've been through uh, gubernatorial change. A governor resigned from office and have a new governor come in. And uh, it's been a it's been quite an interesting ride. But uh, we you know, I, in that time there, I've seen the budget uh, in in thick in through thick and thin, I guess you'd say. And so I've made budget cuts and I've and I've also served in a time where we had some some extra revenues to do things like invest in our transportation infrastructure network. And so um, seen a little bit of everything in that course of time. So this past year's budget, were we at 50 billion? Was that the number that we were at? We were uh, just just a little over 50 billion. And uh, a lot of that was, Mike, the federal stimulus money that you saw go out across the states. Congress, in their infinite wisdom, uh, decided, you know, in, in reaction to the pandemic, to send out probably too much money <laughs> to each state and then told the states, if you don't spend it in your state, then send it back to Washington and we'll figure out a way to spend it for you. And so all of the states were put in that predicament where um, they they had this federal money to spend. They had a certain time with which to spend it or a timeline with which to spend it. And the threat of, you know, if we're in Missouri, that we could send it back and it might go to a state like Illinois or California or New York. And so looking for ways to responsibly invest it into our uh, state's infrastructure, particularly, was the name of the game as a result in that federal stimulus. So now that that money has started to get out of the state treasury, I think you'll see the, the budget contract uh, naturally and we'll get back under that $50 billion mark. But, yeah, that, that was a... Uh, kind of the high high watermark that we saw after all that federal stimulus money coming out of the pandemic. I guess it's kind of a blessing and a curse all at the same time that says, hey, here's all this money so you can go address needs that you have, like infrastructure that you're talking about. But you also don't want to get people addicted to that. You don't want them used to the fact of, hey, look at all this money that we have. Because when that money goes away to what you're talking about, it's going to be tough. You're going to have to make some hard choices. So as you go into 2024, what do you see as being the hard choices you're going to have to make in this next budget? Yes, well, that's exactly right. You, you've nailed it. That one-time money needs to go for one-time purposes and, and for things that we can um, that we can appropriate for in the state at state government level that won't create an ongoing need. And so that's been an additional challenge, just, just like the challenges that you've seen there at the county level very similar to the state level. And so getting back into what I would call a, a more normal budget cycle going into the next year, really the, the first part of the story are tax cuts. And the good news is that we're going to see tax relief uh, on the way to Missourians. And I was uh, able to pass a bill a couple of years ago, it was the summer before last, that created the largest income tax cut in the state's history. And that has a series of revenue triggers baked into it that will continue to cut the state's income tax rate over the course of time. And uh, what we ultimately would like to do is get rid of our state income tax entirely. But this is a, a process with which the state income tax 
will be reduced over the course of time. And in the short term, that is saving taxpayers hundreds of millions of dollars. It will save taxpayers about a billion dollars once that's fully phased in. In addition to that, we were able to pass a tax cut last year or earlier this year, actually. I'm getting my years confused since we're so close to the end of the year here. But earlier this year, in the last legislative session, we cut all the income taxes on Social Security benefits, which seems like a, an obvious thing to do and something that we should have done a long time ago. But uh, Social Security recipients will start to uh, see the advantages or reap the benefits of no income, Missouri income taxes on their Social Security benefits. And uh, that totals about $300 million in savings to the taxpayer. And so um, the good news is, like I say, we've been able to cut taxes and, and we're starting to see those take place. What that means for the budgetary outlook is that that revenue is essentially flat after those tax cuts. So we have to make sure that government is living within its means. We are a balanced budget state in, in the state of Missouri. Thank goodness for that. It's a constitutional requirement that we must spend no more than what we bring in from a, from a revenue perspective. And so I've got my eye on on flat revenues, looking at programs like our Medicaid program, which is always more expensive, uh, looking at things like fun, funding public education, which which is, you know, we generally see increases there every year and figure out how to pay for those without uh, going out of balance in the budget process. And so that's the name of the game now, uh, trying to fit everything within that revenue estimate that we have, which is essentially flat. And uh, but like I say, the good news at the end of the day is that we are getting those tax cuts into fruition and we see tax relief coming to, to Missourians. We're talking with Missouri year. State Representative Cody Smith. You're at the 163rd district, correct? That's right. We have 163 districts. I, I like to say they save the best for last. I'm 163rd. <laughs> well, uh, I'd say you're, you're kind of the Brock Purdy uh, of a legislature, because Brock Purdy of the San Francisco 49ers was Mr. Irrelevant just a couple of years ago, right? He was the last guy picked in the NFL draft, but this year he's up for MVP because he's having that kind of a rock star year. And I would say but six years as budget chair, that's that's Mr. MVP because it all comes down to money. I know Senator Eigel uh, is one of his regular refrains is Missouri doesn't have a revenue problem. Missouri has a spending problem. And it's not so much we have a problem getting more money to Jeff City. We have too much money that Jeff City is holding on to and not giving back to the citizens. So uh, I know you are throwing your hat in the ring to be state treasurer. And that brings up a whole other uh, area of responsibility in trying to do responsible government, which are two words that we rarely put together these days. But what do you see being the big challenge for the state of Missouri in the treasurer's position that you're hoping to take over? Yeah, well, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about that, Mike. I am running for state treasurer, and I think that experience that we've talked about as the House Budget Chairman for several years has really qualified me well to do the job of state treasurer. And given the experience and the record, with which uh, voters can look at to see that I'm a conservative Republican. I've, I've, I've governed as a, a conservative Republican and made smart fiscal choices uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the name of good government and less uh, taxes and uh, efficiencies. And so I would take that experience, that record, to the Office of the State Treasurer. And really, the State Treasurer's first responsibility, obviously, is to manage the State Treasury. And that, that really is looks like a series of short-term low-risk investments that are managed through the state treasurer's office but also 
more importantly, uh, those things are pretty tightly controlled by statute and by constitutional uh, framework. But who we do business with in Missouri is very important. And we can we can choose to do business with large corporate uh, financial institutions that invest with things like uh, invest in um, ESG and those types of, of government-oriented uh, social programs uh, in these large hedge funds and, and kind of the woke culture has made its way into investing somehow and it's not, not only about profit anymore. We can choose to do business with those folks or we can choose to do business with Missouri institutions that are investing in their communities to loan out money to uh, Missourians for, you know, to build homes, to buy homes, to loan money to businesses, to create jobs and grow the economy. And those are the two choices as I see it. And certainly I would err on the side of uh, the latter, which would be to, to invest with Missouri institutions that are, are turning around, taking those deposits with the state and putting them back into the Missouri economy. Uh, and then the other thing I will mention is the Most Scholars Program, which is the largest school choice victory that we've accomplished in the Missouri legislature in the last probably 20 years. In 2021, we set up a tax credits funded scholarship program that enables certain families to uh, to receive scholarships for their children and then lets them choose on how the how those scholarship dollars are spent. So they could spend it on tuition, on curriculum, on uh, software or uh, hardware like tablets, laptops, those types of things, software programs to help their children uh, learn and, and to uh, close the gap, really, that they've, that they've experienced with the pandemic learning loss. And again, that magic ingredient is that the families get to choose what's best for their kids. And that program is really great. It's administered through the treasurer's office. The only problem is it's not available to every child across the state. It's limited to cities, above 35,000 people, of which there are about 20 cities, by the way. And then everybody else in the rest of the state isn't eligible for it. And so uh, I'm going to file legislation this year, Mike, to lift that geographic restriction. And as state treasurer, I would do everything in my power to expand that program, to foster that program, and uh, make it a tool in the toolbox for every Missouri family to provide their child with a world-class education because that's what they deserve. And so that's that's the other piece of the treasurer's office that I'm really interested in. You know, I... I think we're very lucky to have a guy like you with with great experience in putting our budget together moving forward. It's sad that we have to lose you in the role that you're in, uh, but I wish you the very best in moving to the state level and being able to put that expertise uh, into action for us at that state level. But appreciate you making time today. Thanks very much. Uh, I wish you the very best because everybody that we've talked to so far in looking ahead to the session in 2024, seems like it's going to be a very unique session because you have a lot of people who are in the same boat as you that are running for statewide office or they're running for Senate or they're running for something else. And it's it seems like it's going to be a tough year to get bills passed. Uh, so I, I wish you the very best in having success of trying to get the stopgap measures in that you're trying to get done. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to be with you and uh, would love to join you any other time that you, you'll have me. And I wish you all the very best in St. Louis. I hope you had a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Representative. We appreciate the time. That is State Representative Cody Smith from the 163rd. We have 163 uh, state rep districts and he, as he says, they save the best for last. I like that. He's our state budget chairman. And, uh, you know, 
It's one of those kind of things where you you wanted me to be done, didn't you? You just pulled me down just like that. No. It's like, finish that thought. Um, it, it It's one of those things that I get why we have term limits. I really do. I understand why we did that. But, man, you just have no continuity in our state government. You have a speaker for a couple of years, and then they move on, and it just feels like there's got to be a better solution because people who deal with Jeff City on a regular basis understand who really runs Jeff City for the most part? Because if you're the lobbyist, you know you can just wait people out. Uh, the first couple of years when people come in, they're just trying to figure out how to everything works. And by the time you get to your last couple of years, you're looking for where do I go from here because I'm about to leave. So realistically speaking, you've got about five years to be a really good legislator out of the eight that you're there. So it just gets to be tough uh, from a continuity of government standpoint. I know there's got to be a better solution. I don't know what can get passed that the voters are going to be willing to buy into, but we'll see. Uh, I'm just looking forward to watching this next year. And it's kind of like when Mark Reardon was talking about, he wants Cory Bush to go away, but he doesn't because Cory Bush at least gives you content to use on a radio show on a regular basis. Because every time you think she's done about the dumbest things that she could possibly do, she's like, here, hold my beer, watch this. I I'm going to one-up what I just did. So you you want her for a content standpoint, but you don't want her because she's just bad for government. She's bad for the people. Uh, and you don't want to see all the infighting that's going to happen in this next legislative session. So you just pray that uh, they're going to see the greater good and everybody's going to work together for the state of Missouri. And we're going to have a really good session in 2024. Keep hope alive, as Jesse Jackson used to say, right? So Ryan Wiggins is going to join us. Ryan Wiggins is going to join us on the other side of the break. My name is Mike Elam, sitting in for Annie Fry today. St. Louis is home for Conservative Talk, 97.1 FM Talk. The Annie Fry Show is streaming online. Watch us live on YouTube and subscribe. It's Mike Keelum sitting in for Annie Fry today. And if you aren't watching us on YouTube, I highly encourage you to go do that. Not because uh, I, I'm awesome looking, because I'm not. Mom always said I had a face for radio. But um, there's just great content that goes on on the side. There's a whole other show that is happening on the YouTube feed, if you go on there and, and you get involved in the comments of what's going on. So it's it's a show that for some of the stuff we really just can't say on the radio. But it's it's fun to watch the conversation as it happens. And uh, just appreciate everybody who's interacting and being a part of what's going on today in the Annie Fry Show. Our YouTube live chat poll is still up there. Are you working this week? You got three choices. Basically, it's a regular week for me. I'm working a little less or nope, I got the whole week off. So I'm off all week long for my full-time job. Uh, then I get to play here for a couple of days, and then I'm done. How so, do you answer that question, then? I'd say a little less. A little less than usual? A little less than usual. So I would say, other than the fact that I'm off Friday, I kind of you kind of take Christmas out of the equation. Because right. most almost everybody's going to be off on you Christmas. You were off on Monday. Unless you're a healthcare worker or a first responder of some kind. Yep. 
uh, you're off on Monday. But I'm also off on Friday. So I, I guess I would have to say a little bit less, but I feel like I'm packing. That's the whole thing is you end up just packing the whole week into three days True. instead of into four or five. So, so no X's and O's on Friday. No X's and O's this week. Wow. No, I think it was going to be tough to get guests well, <laughs> on I, this week, too. I could see that. Uh, because everybody's off. Nobody's it just Everybody's schedule is just so weird. You know, that's one of the great things about this week is that you're kind of expected to take it off <laughs> or or at least phone it in. <laughs> I, I think that's true. I mean, I remember when I was in radio sales way back when and we used to have to come in at work this week or you would you would have to take vacation days. Right. And pretty much every ad agency that we called on, they were off this week. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're closed. Our clients aren't open. We're not open. Our clients are looking at other things to try and wrap up the year. And the last thing they want to do is talk about spending more money. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to be involved in that, and they want to be done. Uh, Quick Rick is very funny. He said, yes, there is a whole sideshow that's going on on the YouTube feed. And and there is. That is very true. He also said Ryan needs to wear a cap. Yeah, I didn't wear my hat this week. Because he says you look like Mike. Kind of just rolling out of bed. Oh, you look like Mike's not as bald as he looks like on this feed, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I, if you look at the feed, Ryan and I both look like we have yeah. no hair. Yeah, I think it's the way the uh, the headband hits and the angle. We look balder than we usually are. And I am. I, I, live, I look really bald. By the way, uh, I brought in some cookies and cupcakes and cake balls that we had for Christmas that have been a big hit. And um, so you asked me, Leah, where did I get those? My wife told me Sugar and Slice Bakery on Main Street. Um, St. Charles? Of course, St. Yeah. Charles. Main Street, it, there is no other Main Street. I, so Main Street, <laughs> historic Main Street, St. Charles, Sugar and Slice Bakery, awesome mm-hmm. stuff. So my, just so you know. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law were in town. They just left this morning. Okay. But they stayed past Christmas because they're from Chicago, and they wanted to shop the antique stores in St. Louis for a couple of furniture items. And they know that we have a little bit different selection, maybe a little less picked over depending on where you go, and a little cheaper down here than in Chicago. Okay. So they did that. They said the best places they found, they went all over the place. They went to Alton. They went to uh, Cherokee Street. A lot of places were not open yesterday. Oh, I can see that. Because, but they said their favorite place, downtown St. Charles. Really? Yeah. Mm, nice. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been there, but I remember it's it's just nice. It is nice. Christmas traditions was huge this year in St. Charles. Have you ever done that? I. It's been a long time, but I think I did a while, like before kids, I think we did it. They do such a nice job, and I, I really appreciate Mayor Borgmeyer because he shuts down Main Street on the weekend for Christmas traditions, and there are so many people. It's something that needed to happen a long time ago. I'm surprised people didn't get run over, to be honest with you, because they would just jet out from in between cars, and you didn't see them coming. Yeah. Uh, it's not like you can really speed down that street. Uh, because of all the cobblestones and the dips and everything that that does, you better have a nice suspension if you're going to speed down that street. It's done now, though, right? It's uh, Christmas traditions yeah. is, is complete. It's done because yes. I know a lot of places are, you know, this week still goes for a lot of, like, brewery lights is still going this week. So we're going to do that. We did we Zoom were talking about last too. night. Oh, we were talking about doing that, too, except we've done that two years in a row, and I okay. think the kids are like, well, maybe we could try, you know, sh- shake it up a little bit this year, do something else. So we're going to do Zoomwalt Park, uh, either tonight or tomorrow night. So Zumal Park is in O'Fallon, Missouri. Really nice light display. We've done Shaw Park in the past, which was yep. really cool. Um, Zumal, I don't know that we've done Zumal Park. 
That's interesting. Yeah, well, that's probably a pretty good drive for you. Yeah, that's coming from Illinois. Illinois. So, speaking um, of which, in Illinois, and we gave away a whole bunch of tickets to this two Fridays ago. Yeah, uh, Wonder Lights at the Gateway Racetrack. Oh yeah, is still going on this week. We did it on Christmas Eve Eve, so two days before, and it's great. And in fact. Uh, you know, a little bit of plug for them just because they're nice enough to give us a bunch of free tickets to give away. That was nice. But they, um, the, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. I, I was thinking maybe it was 21 because it might have still been COVID. Okay. It felt like it was shorter to me that we when we drove through. And this year it took, it almost felt like it was double as long. Wow. Because, the, you know, you can make the route go through the racetrack in a number of different ways. I could see that. But you have to have the lights to do it. And so I think that this year is the longest version of Wonder Lights that I've been to. Wow. So a little bit of plug for that because it, it is a lot of fun and it is still going this week. So this was the first year that we had done the lights at the Botanical Garden. And that was really cool. Uh, the only thing that I it, it was rainy, misty like this when we went through. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit of a bummer. Um, but I agree. That was. It's fun to roll the windows down for some reason when you're looking at lights. Well, this is a walkthrough. Oh, oh, at, it is okay. at the botanical garden. It's a walkthrough, and it's it's really nice. Our friends are members. We, I, I've only been to the botanical garden like one other time in my life, and it wasn't for lights. So this was really cool. So I enjoyed that. Um, I don't know if you have a favorite that you've ever been through a, a light display, but we used to do Tillis Park. And drive through Tillis mm-hmm. Park. That was always really cool. So on the Illinois side, one of my old radio engineers, Marshall Rice, he's been on What's Up With That Christmas House on TV twice because they do this huge display at their house and they hand make everything. And they put together a radio station uh, so you can drive by and mm-hmm. you can tune the dial and hear Christmas music. And that's the way Wonder Lights is, too. It's all tuned to the music yes. that you listen to. So he did the same thing, but his display got so big, it started spilling into the neighbor's yard. And the neighbors, rather than complain, said, hey, can we join in on this? And they started making more and putting it in each neighbor to the side of them. And then the neighbor across the street said, can I join in? So they put more over there. So it just continues to grow. And as cars go by, they collect uh, donations that they give to a charity every year. And what city is this in again? Troy, Illinois. In oh, Troy, I Illinois. think I knew about this. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that's what we were talking about the same thing. So okay. it's in Troy, Illinois, and it's just a house. It's not a business, and it's just something that, you know, they have a passion for. And Marshall's one of the best radio engineers I've ever worked with in my life. He was he was really good. Still is. I shouldn't I shouldn't make it sound like he's not with us anymore. He is. Uh, but, <laughs> and he's uh, doing fine. He's, he's doing fine. He's probably looking to... Find ways to pay for that electric bill that he's got he's going on. He's in a better on, place, Troy, Illinois. He's in Troy, Illinois. Not Troy, Missouri. You would make the wrong drive for something like that. But uh, there's all kinds of cool displays. I hope you get a chance to go out and enjoy those bef- before the year is up. Um, we are getting ready to wrap up the big show. So I'm going to go ahead and break here. Yeah. And then we'll we'll wrap up everything on the other side. Still want to talk about some of the... Uh, news stories that happened this year that you may or may not have forgotten about that were some of the biggest stories of the year. Mike Elam sitting in for Annie Fry today, at least for the next 25 minutes or so, on 97.1 FM Talk.
So we were talking about uh, Christmas lights and all that stuff and uh, just in, enjoying getting out and enjoying uh, what's left of the holiday season. Um, my dad's joining us for a little bit. So, Dad, say hi. Hi. There you go. At least he said something. You did it. I Good did job. it. Yay. Excellent. Hello. Very excited Yay. about that. <laughs> so my dad is, is 91. Uh, he is a uh, retired Southern Baptist minister. So I, I think he's not talking now because he used up all his words. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for your life's work. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So for 58 years, he he was there. Um, people would ask me, like, where did you get your voice? And I'm like, I got it from him uh, because I learned to project because most of the time when he was, I grew up in little small towns. I was born in Donovan, Missouri. Then we moved to Pigott, Arkansas, and then we moved to Berryville, Arkansas. So I know you're thinking, wow, lucky guy to live in those booming metropolises like that, right? We never lived in a town uh, that was over 3,700 people until I went to college, right? So when I went to Arkansas State, I was like, wow, Jonesboro, Arkansas is huge. So did you just get moved from church to church throughout your career then? No, I chose. You chose to move? Yeah. Okay. It's Southern Baptist, they they make their own decisions. That's right. Yeah, Southern I guess Baptist depending is, on the denomination. Is a, is a yeah. bottom up, yeah. not top down. Right. Methodists kind of move you around. They right? do. Yeah. yeah. So when you, if for all the people in St. Louis who are Catholic, which is the majority of people here, I guess, because everybody plays soccer. I, <laughs> thanks for playing. Anyway, uh, Catholic is complete top down, and Baptist is flipping on its on its head and it's bottom up. That's, that's the biggest difference I can tell you in how they work. Uh, there's a lot of other faith things, but still that's kind of how that works. Uh, so I just wanted to have my dad in to, uh, actually say hi. I'm glad that a he's still with us and and B that he uh, wanted to come play and find out what are you doing for your part-time job? Uh, didn't you start off doing this? I did. <laughs> You're back doing it's, it. It's yeah. like Berryville, Arkansas, all over again. When I was 15 years old, I'm I'm back in radio. Well, you got to tell us then: is he better now, or was he better when he was younger? He's a little better now. Better now? Yeah. Okay, good. He he just says that because he wants to ride home. <laughs> it's it's a long walk back to Springdale, Arkansas, man. So we're we're gonna He's do battle there. tested now. That's right. So uh, thanks to Amber and Rick and Scooter for all uh, weighing in there. Hey, I wanted to talk a little bit more about these uh, big stories that happened this year in the last few minutes that we have. Uh, so we talked about the, the spy balloon, uh, the train deployment, the uh, or, uh, derailment, uh, AI. The war in Ukraine just continues. So it, it didn't start this year. It actually started in 22. But it seems to be it's one of those big stories that it just doesn't end. And it feels like the way that we're fighting it with them, uh, it's not going to. We, right. we, we're just doing what we can to keep this thing rolling. It feels like, um, what was what was that movie where the guys who just sold munitions to everybody, the uh, arms dealer guys, uh, that's like, we Back don't want... Back to the future. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't want the war to end. We just want it to keep going. Because if it keeps fighting, we're selling weapons to everybody. So as long as we're doing that, we're continuing to make money. So we just need to keep selling weapons to everybody. That's funny. I wouldn't have guessed that that one would be on the list this year um, because you'd almost have to put that in a category like the border, for instance. That's been a huge story, but it's not like this year has been any different than 2022 or 2021. It just continues to get worse and everybody keeps pointing at more and more people are pointing at it going, that's a problem. Right. And they're just not addressed. Oh, no, it's not. Yep. It's fine. 
It's nothing it, to see here. <laughs> just keep moving. We're we're moving on. There's nothing to see here. One of the stories that I forgot about was um, SpaceX uh, put two huge rockets, 400 foot tall rockets, that they have launched this year, and they're trying to get to where they were with their smaller version to where it's reusable capsules, right? So they want a reusable manned capsule to come back. And uh, so far in the launches that they've had, they've both exploded. Yeah. But what's funny, and this goes to show you that Elon Musk has way too much money. They were all applauding and, yeah, all right. I'm like, your rocket just exploded. What am I missing Yeah, that's a weird story to be one of the top stories of the year, I thought. But you're right. It is one of the strangest stories of the year because I, you know, we've covered that a little bit just because it was going on. Right. But then after the day, you don't ever think about it again. It had no bearing on your life. It was just one of those, oh, hey, okay. Right. Things. But the reaction is so strange. And I've, I've constantly asked myself, should I be questioning that they're clapping about this so much? Or is it an actual win? I can't tell if it's spin or if they actually did accomplish something. They seem very excited because it continues to move in stages, right? So all they're looking to do is move the process forward. So the first launch that they had, I think, was back in March. And it made it to a certain level, and then it exploded. And then they did another one, and I think that was September. My dates could be wrong. And that one made it further along and got to the next stage before it exploded. So they're excited about the progress that they're seeing. Because remember, this is private money that's doing this. This isn't NASA. And that's the story. It is the story. And and they're moving to that point because, you know, Jeff Bezos was trying to say, wait, but mine's bigger than yours. Look at my rocket that I did. And I have William Shatner. Exactly. That was the difference. But his people just went up, made a loop, and then came back down. And it was, um, what was it, like 90 seconds that they were actually out of orbit, and then they came back. So it wasn't that big of a deal for what they did, but it's Bezos's way of saying, hey, I'm just as good as Musk, and I'm going to keep pace here. But Musk seems to be on a different level. Bezos's Blue Origin project just hasn't made it as far yet. And Blue Origin made zero headlines this year with the stuff that they're doing. Yeah, other than Shatner. Yeah, that was that was pretty much it. Uh, the Wagner Group in Russia was one of the big stories that happened. Yes. Because you had the, the Wagner Group revolt against uh, Putin. This was, what, July? I believe so. So you had that that happened, and it looked like he was marching his way to Moscow and then all of a sudden stopped and decided not to go further with it. And then there was the whole, okay, he and Putin have made up right until the point where his plane exploded. So it and was you like, go, yeah, you, you, you hear about the reports and you go, okay, something's happening. And then you go, I will never know what happens after this uh-uh. because Russian state media is going to take it over. Exactly. And anything I knew has now been shut down. And they were all together and everything was good. But the Wagner group is still around. And it just goes to show you that I don't understand uh, foreign languages because I thought it was the Wagner group. Evidently, it's the Wagner group. But if you spell it out, that's that's what it looks like. Yeah. I'm like, And it doesn't sound nearly as scary if you say... The Wagner Group is coming. The Wagner Group is coming. Yeah. The Wagner uh-oh. Group scares you. Yeah, you got the, my attention. The Wagner now. Group is selling real estate. It's it's one yeah. of those I kind think, of things. And and on on Star Trek, speaking of which, 
uh, they don't. They always said the Russian guy on the show. I can't remember his name uh, on the original show. He always said vodka. So do they switch the V and the W sounds? I guess so. Okay. I I'm I'm gonna go with that's what it is. Uh, another story that I forgot about was the Titan sub that exploded underwater. Uh, this story drove me crazy. Why? I hated this story. Why? Because it told me. In, no, in fact, I would say that. <clears throat> The minute it became a story, I said, okay, slow news cycle. Because anytime you go into a personal interest story about something, and this everything about this was just, oh, because it was the Titanic and it's drama, I don't know why it drove me crazy other than to say this, it, it almost seems like they created drama because they needed something for people to pay attention to. I bet if it wasn't the Titanic, to your point, <laughs> We never would have heard anything about exactly. it. Exactly. It probably would have happened and we would have went, that's really sad for those five people and their families. But beyond that, does this affect my life? And I think that's one of those stories. It hit and it went away. It and, was yeah, it was two weeks of and, and that's the other thing is that somebody knew in a newsroom somewhere that these people are dead. Yeah. And they said, you know what though? There's a point oh five percent chance that they couldn't be. Let's run with the point oh five. And that was really the thing that made people mad about it after the fact, I think, is they went, no, no, no. You knew. Mm -hmm. uh, because And they milked it. Yeah. After the fact, you really got that idea. And, and you had people that were kind of holding on that say, oh, well, that will be a great story if they actually find them and, and bring them back. But not so much. So that one went away. I'll give them that. It would have been an amazing story if they had found them and rescued them. Yes. And they, oh my gosh, they had 0.1% of oxygen left and we saved. I mean, that would have been an amazing story. It would have. And that's what they ran with that, oh, you could be witnessing something that you'll remember for the rest of your life. But I think knowingly that it wasn't going to happen. That no, it, it sounds like probably a, a minute or two into this ride is when this thing exploded and they, they were mm -hmm. done then. Um, which was a weird explosion that happened with it, but I I don't know that much about it, but it, it was just a story that I went, oh, yeah, I forgot all about that happening. Yeah, back to the Wiggins America point, the media can decide what you're interested in. They don't True. necessarily decide the way you think about the issue, but they can make you pay attention to something, and that is a perfect example of that. No politics involved, right? but just that they decided you care about these people now, and you did. You did. To some yeah. extent. Oh, because I learned their names and I learned their stories. Now I kind of care. Human interest stories. And it's, that, yeah, that could have been a blip on the news that lasted maybe 30 seconds in a different news cycle. Very true. Um, the other big stories were wildfires. So the Canadian wildfires were a very big story for a while. Not so much in the Midwest and in the West, but in the Northeast, huge story. Because I was up in Rhode Island and the air quality up there was so bad from the Canadian wildfires that burned. And I, I think it burned like over 25 million acres. And I didn't even think about that type of forestry in Canada. I don't know why. I just don't think about the Canadian landscape. But when I think of that, I wasn't thinking about that part of it. But then you had the uh, Hawaiian uh, wildfire. Oh, yeah. That just completely devastated that community. Uh, and well, I almost completely forgot about that. That was a big deal. That was a huge deal. And when you saw the uh, pictures and you started hearing the stories, that was just a crazy story of people running into the ocean 
to try and survive. And some people actually got burned while they were in the water that the wow. fire was that bad. So it was it was crazy stories of what was going on. But the wildfire portion of it was something that I didn't think about. Uh, King Charles's coronation was a story oh, yeah. that was big. So my wife will still watch pretty much anything to do with Princess Diana. I don't know why, but there are, uh, and it seems to be more women than men, granted, but there are a, a lot of women that are really into the Princess Diana story. And because it was the real life fairy tale that happened, right? Yeah. So they've hated King Charles ever since because of how all that played out. But the coronation was this year. So the queen died last year, but the coronation was this year. Okay. And it's the first time you've had that happen in 70 years. So that became uh, a big story. Um, what was some of the other stuff? Um, oh, the speaker removal. So um, yep. uh, having the speaker for the first time. I mean, <laughs> A, you had a bunch of speaker stories that happened this year. Because you had, it took 15 ballots to get a speaker, first of all, to get this thing started. McCarthy comes in. He makes all these concessions that he probably never should have made. But that's what he had to do to get into the office. So he got into the office. And then after 15 ballots, he gets that. It only took one guy to go back and get him thrown out. So then they lose. And then who's going to be speaker? Well, here's everybody who's in leadership that we're saying no to. You want this guy? Nope. How about this guy? Nope. This guy's thinking about it. Don't tell him to do it. Yeah, it's a no. He's, he's that not was some get political there. drama. That was crazy, it was. right? And that's something that we haven't seen in our lifetimes that have happened. You so, know what's funny about that story is that Annie interviewed Kevin McCarthy on this show while he was speaker. Then he was kicked out of office. And then I think last week or the week before we interviewed, she interviewed Mike Johnson. Oh wow! So that and it was Mike the first Johnson time. wasn't worried that he was going to lose his job we after being on the show. We didn't tell him about <laughs> Kevin McCarthy. He knew about what had happened in D.C. We didn't want to tell him what happened in St. Louis. There you go. Let's <laughs> let's keep them separated. But I think that's the first time that I don't want to speak for all the other shows here, but it's definitely the first time since I've been on the Andy Fry Show that the Speaker of the House has been on, and then boom, he's gone, and then the, the next guy's on. Well, uh, we we couldn't expect that. I think it speaks to the fact of how popular the Andy Fry Show is. I and mean, the power that's that all it they has talk about in DC these days. Nationally, yeah. that's that's where we are. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's look at the results of our poll. Are you working this week? It's a normal week for me. I'm working a little less, or nope, I'm not working at all. Or if you're like me, I'm working a side hustle gig uh, for a while this week. Um, Mr. Wiggins, this is a, a little less of a week for you, like we talked about. So, yeah, I would be in that middle category on this poll. Uh, the choices are basically the same as usual. A little less, or a little bit a little less, and then nope. So that, those are your three choices. I'm going to pull up the results right now. And it looks like, anybody got any guesses as to who is tuning in to the Annie Fry Show this week as I'm, far as what they're doing at work? I'm going to say the majority of people are not working this week. But okay. they're addicted to Annie Fry, so they're, they're still in. Leah, any guesses? Yeah, I think a little bit less is going to be the top one. I think Leah needs a capital, needs a choice of a lot more. That's what I was thinking. I was like yeah. thinking, what am I doing? That I was like, well, there's, there's a tie here. Okay. So the tie is between nope, no work at all, and yes, a little bit less. Both of those at 28%. Oh, wow. The clear majority... Basically the same as usual. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So 45% are saying, I'm working the same as usual. So what we've learned is a lot of people didn't manage their vacation time well. That's correct. That's exactly it. Yeah. And a lot of the comments, you know, we see 
here. Brenda says, working all week like normal. Uh, Jackie says, I'm working less this week. Uh, took Friday off, so that's kind of like what I'm doing. I won't be here Friday. Chris says, yep, and traffic is glorious this week. And Jamie says, working plus overtime. So that, that may be a lot of people doing that, too. I was listening yesterday, uh, driving home to Mark Reardon's show, and I meant to ask Mark Reardon to come in and, and do a quick crossover here, but I forgot to do that today. Um, Mark, I was listening to Sue do traffic, and it's like, there's one traffic problem on I-70, and everything else is clear. Yeah. So yeah. it's pretty much it's it. one of the best things about working this week. You got to love if it. If you're not remote, if you got to go to the office, the commute's great. Well, Ryan Rector is going to be here for the next couple of days. I hope you have a wonderful new year. I appreciate you guys. You're always welcoming and uh, helping me out. So you guys enjoy. Um, Mark Reardon is on the other side with a great best of that you won't want to miss. It's the Annie Fry Show. My name is Mike Elam. It's been a pleasure spending the past couple of days with you. Thanks for listening to St. Louis's home for conservative talk, 971 FM Talk. is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 